You're listening to the Maritime Gardening Podcast, episode 22. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. Episode 22 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. And Greg, how are things growing? Uh, everything's growing pretty good. We're at the end, getting towards the end of it, but yeah. uh, plenty still happening in the garden. Nice. So it is now most definitely fall. In fact, we've had a, a couple cool evenings. And Risking frost, risks of frost in low-lying areas. Yeah. So I think it's going to warm up a tad for a few days, but we'll see. We're going to get some rain anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, we're, we're, you're, you're going to be talking fall gardening today yeah just talking about um for the benefit of people that are uh new to this or getting into this or you know even if you've been at it for years it's always good to get a sense of what other people do Uh, so just some things to bear in mind as we move into the colder months and uh you know there's there's so much that you can do we tend to look at this time of year as a time to sort of, you know, if you're you're picking, you're 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 harvesting some of your vegetables, and some there's some activity going on. There's harvesting right now. It's mm-hmm. September, mm-hmm. but we tend to look at this as the end. Yeah, and uh, really the fall. I mean, and this is I mean we should mention this is our second to last episode, so there's not going to be much more. So I'm talking about today. I'm going to be talking about a, a, an array of things. Leading right up till December because I'm not we're not going to be doing this in December. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So uh, more on that next episode. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, this uh, is a time of activity in your garden. I, I'm I'm as busy in the fall, maybe even busier uh, than I might be in April or even May. Yeah. Um, I try to do all the hard stuff now because it's just so so favorable outside. There's no mosquitoes. There's no black flies. There's no horse flies. It's nice and cool but not too cool um you know it's just a good time to do a lot of things all this sort of organizational structural work type things uh this is the time of year to do it yeah so i mean fall is a time of should be it can be if you know if you if you're like me and you or or you're thinking along these lines Mm -hmm. that your garden can be not everyone looks at it this way but i view my garden as my exercise program. Mm-hmm. There's always something that I can do. I could go out there right now if I had a headlamp, and I could work until I'm, I collapse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, get to I it. Never, and I, I never feel like um, because I'm always at it whenever. But I'm only ever at it when I feel like it. I mean, I, you know, like I got there's things you got to do that are time specific. But if you're you know, every every day where you any day any given day of the week when you've got an hour or so or even half an hour, you go out there and chip away at different things. If you're always thinking that way, you you're you're never overwhelmed with anything. Mm. I know so many people that go overwhelmed with the prospect of putting their garden in or doing right. this or doing that. But if it's just something that you're constantly chipping away at, mm-hmm. um, and it's so much more pleasurable. Think of all the things you have to chip away at in your life: the laundry, the cleaning, the yeah. dishes. Uh, those are all, oh, yeah, that's just the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never feel that way when I'm out in a garden. It's never a chore. Nice. Um, so 
um, yeah, it's it's a great. You can be active, physically active, and outside, and, and active in your garden right up until uh, December. And the more energy you put into it, the more easy it's going to be getting back in next spring. It'll just be like mm-hmm. slipping into a warm bath because everything. Think about all the things you have to do to get in a position to plant in the spring, right. and do all that stuff now. Yeah, why not? Do all of it now. You don't need to do it in the spring. You can do it now. Hmm. So, and oftentimes, if you're getting soil amendments or, or whatever, a lot of that stuff's cheap now. True. So, yeah. it's cheaper now. Yeah. <laughs> Save or, some money. or if you're collecting mulch, you know, the leaves are going to start falling. You can use uh, leaves from trees. There's lots of different things you can use. Hmm. So, that's the sort of stuff we're going to talk about today. Okay, cool. So uh, last episode I talked about building new beds and amending soils. So we're not going to – I think that's what I talked about. Um, so we're not really going to talk about that too much um, today. Um, you know, if you've, if you've got new beds you want to build, build them now. Mm. And, uh, you know, if, if some of your gardens didn't perform well, um, add some uh, uh, compost or manure or whatever you can get your hands on to improve the soil quality. Do it now. I mean, the longer – it's so much better to do that now and let – Everything in that system, the soil system, right. get get mixed in and you know uh, get to know one another and, and right. everything's you know improving soil is not about getting all the right chemicals in there. It's about mm. improving the health of the soil, right? right so right. you do that in the fall, and the whole thing will be balanced by the spring, where it's more like it's going to be more balanced in the spring if you do it now. Mm. If you do it in the spring, it's got to achieve balance on the fly. Right, right. So much easier to do now. Mm. Good uh, advice. Also, in the spring, you know, you can just focus on where arranging. Where does everything go? What's the best place for this? What's the best place for that? And all that. I mean, really, in the spring, you're you're worried about coddling, nursing, mm. sort of uh, helping. Right, your 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 thinking should be all about getting those seedlings to a state where they can take care of themselves. So your mindset in the spring should be more about like being a nurse, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing, a mother, or whatever, right. you know, whatever, right. nurturer, nurturing. That's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you should be in a nurturing state. Mm-hmm. Not a building state or a physical working right. state. It's 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 nice to just be in one mode mm-hmm. in the spring. You've done all that other stuff, so all you got to do is plant mm-hmm. and nurture, right. Right? right? And planting is also designing. Where should everything go? What's the best place for everything? So it's great to be just in in one or two mindsets instead of five mindsets. Mm. Do a better job of it because you're not distracted, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, you know, I guess we're moving into. Uh, I would say mid October. It's a bit early. I would I would say to plant garlic right now. You you want to plant the garlic. Um, uh, if you plant it too soon, it it'll sprout, and then the sprouts will freeze, and so it uses up some of the energy. So you want to plant it, you know, um, early enough that it's going to root a bit. You want to plant it so there's enough heat in the soil and the conditions are right that the garlic clove roots a bit. But you don't want the garlic clove to try gr- to start growing. Mm-hmm. You just want it to root a bit, and then you want the ground to freeze and the garlic to shut down and just hi- you know hibernate and wait. Right. 
Um, so you, I found around mid-October is better timing for that. Mm, okay. Um, so, yeah, get your garlic, plant your garlic, get good seed garlic. Uh, you can roll the dice with grocery store garlic, but I wouldn't. You, you really have to get, in this climate, zone 5, you need a hard neck garlic, in my experience, and many of the garlic. You just you don't know what you're getting in a grocery store. It might be fine, yeah. or it might have been sprayed with all kinds of chemicals to so it's you know super white because people only buy white things. Yeah, uh, yeah. The chemicals might not be you know good for growing them. Sometimes they're sprayed with chemicals that... Um, retard the um, sprouting process. Yeah, because you know the garlic's not much good to you, uh, as the grocery store owner. If they're all sprouting, no one's going to want to buy them. Right. So there's this stuff they can spray on it that uh, stops that. And outside of the fact of whether that's good for you, yeah. uh, I mean, if you're planting them to grow garlic, you don't want them to have been treated with something that no <laughs> stops that. Right? No, no. So you know that's. You know, I'm sure there are store-bought garlic that you can plant and do great, but you, you're rolling the dice. So I'm still you know, using the one garlic I got from you last month. Oh my giant. It's a giant. <laughs> that, those were a fantastic. Massive. These I, recipes are calling for one garlic clove, and I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out how, how many ways I cut it in half. How it's many, huge. What proportion of yeah. one clove is equal to a normal one clove? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that one I got from you is probably equal to three or four other ones. They came out really good this year. And I've put aside all the biggest ones to replant for next year, and I've stopped eating. So this year, this week, when I went grocery shopping, I actually bought garlic. Uh, Not because I don't have garlic, because all the garlic I have, uh, I want to put back in the ground. Eventually, I'll get it at a point where... Hmm. Uh, I don't need to save so many. Right. But what I try to do is until I get the amount of garlic I want, I, I replant half of it each year. Yeah. And I'm, I gave away so much this year. I was so proud of my garlic. I gave them away. I yeah. Well, it was awesome. Them. I should have kept them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting mine back. Ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've used mine all up and now I'm back to buying, yeah. you know, crappy garlic again. <laughs> oh, well, next yeah, year we'll have even more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so. so what else? So we talked, we've already talked about all this stuff. So what else? So, um, you know, around this time of year, your tomatoes, your beans, your summer squashes, all those heat-loving plants, uh, peppers, if, if they're not done, they're close to done because frost's coming soon. And there's lots of things you can do to... You, know, you can cover them and you can um, build some sort of structure around them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're just you're de- you're delaying the inevitable, right? I mean, yeah. we live in the north, and those are summer things, and summer's over. So you know, pick your carrots, do something with everything, make chow out of the you know. The frost is going to come. The frost is going to come sooner sooner than you think, and. You know, there's nothing worse, and I do this every single year. And this year, I swear I'm not going to get into it. And this weekend, I'm making chow because I mean, if you have a tomato that's green, yes. <laughs> it's not going to ripen. No. <laughs> you know? no. Uh, I mean, you can take all your green tomato plants and you can cut them off at the stalk, and you can hang them indoors upside down, and and some of them will will turn red. Um, so if you've only got a handful, do that. But if you've got Bowls and bowls and bowls of green tomatoes, like I do. Mm. Um, you know, pick them and make chow, or, or or make green tomato salsa, or do something with them. Yeah, um, and preserve them. You know, like you know, you make that chow, you can preserve it. If you make the salsa, you can preserve it, and then you've got it. You know, for for later. Yeah. 
So, and you can put your peppers in there too and all that sort of stuff. I mean, summer's over, so uh, get rid of all that stuff. And those beds are now freed up to be amended or, or whatever you're going to do with them, right? Mm. You can work on those beds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, carrots and parsnips. Um, those things, leave them, right? Frost just makes them better. Mm. Both those plants, the starches in them start converting to sugar when... Uh, they start getting hit with frost. Mm. So they taste much better. So leave them in the ground right until the holidays. And I don't mean Thanksgiving, I mean Christmas, right? Um, So leave them in the ground until then. And, you know, if they're in raised beds, you got to get them out of the ground because that thing's going to freeze solid. But if they're in the ground at grade, right, not above ground, if if you've planted them in the green, let's say you've got beautiful loamy soil and it's on the ground, you can heap up leaves or hay or something insulative on top of them, you can leave them in the ground all winter and just leave, move that insulation away whenever you want to pick them. Mm-hmm. And it should, if you've got enough insulation on there, the soil should be workable. Okay. You know, you, you yeah. want to have a good, like, so if the, uh, you'd want that insulative um, stuff to be a couple feet high Yeah, and you'd want it to you know, have a radius that goes beyond the edge of, of your bed. So it should go another foot or so past where the edge of the bed is. Yeah. So that it's well insulated. Um, um, but if you, you know, if you don't want to bring them in the house, and, you know, they're, um, they're, they're not going to degrade. Nothing's going to happen to them if you leave them like that, as long as you cover them well. But if it's in a raised bed, and mine are, this year I put mine in one of my, I have some raised beds and I have some ground level beds. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, I, I got to get them all out of there, right? But I don't have to do that until mid-December, end of December. Right. And this time of year, because I'm all out of, I've eaten all of my summer squash and my beans are all done and I've preserved some of that, but I don't want to eat that stuff right now. I'm sick of it. I've been eating squash and carrots, squash and beans like crazy. Mm. Um, so I'm fine, happy to take a break from squash and beans. I'm kind of tired of them. Um, so now I'm going to start eating carrots and, and potatoes and things like that and beets and all those things mm. that are ready to go and they're they're fall they like the cool weather yeah uh, so i can start gorging on that sort of stuff because uh, i have so much of it um so yeah leave them in the ground they're just going to get better and better and better and your parsnips i wouldn't even touch them until mm. thanksgiving they need frost they they really aren't they're so much better when there's frost it's not worth yeah. Eating them. Eat your carrots right now. Carrots are sweet. Carrots get better with frost, but they're still sweet without it. Mm. But parsnips really, they're, they're so much better with the frost. It's its kind of an insult to the parsnip to eat it before then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, just just wait a little while longer if you've got parsnips. Don't be hasty. Yeah. Now, potatoes. Again, I'd leave those in the ground until uh, sometime in November. Uh, if they're work well, if they're well covered, right? You don't want the frost touching the potato. But if they're underground and there's a mulch, the frost isn't going to bother them. Um, they can take as long as they're five degrees or warmer, they're going to be fine. Hmm. So you have to be the judge of that. Generally speaking, I I just keep whenever I want potatoes, I go in the garden and get them. I leave them out there. I don't want to have to warehouse and deal with them. They're yeah. already they're they're in the right now. They're in a place where they will keep well. Yeah. So why would I mess with that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to right now. I've got other things I'm busy doing. So when I have to pick them all out of the ground, I will. 
but I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four beds with potatoes in them. Mm. I've probably got 100, maybe even more. I might have 200 pounds. Of, I don't know how much I got out there. I have to pick them all and see, but I've got a okay. lot of potatoes out there. So when I have to bring them in, and, you know, that means I got to get boxes. I got to put newspaper. There's all these things you got to do to, um, you know, ensure that your potatoes keep well. So I mean, you can leave them. You might even be able to leave them right up until the holidays, but it's risky, right? Mm-hmm. The older you get, the more of a risk you have of ruining your potatoes because they cannot freeze. They have to stay refrigerator temperature or warmer. You bring them in, you store them in a cool, dark, dry place. I, I found that the, you know, you put them in a cardboard box and something that breathes a bit, and you put, uh, you know, uh, crumpled up newspaper and stuff like that in in between them. So there's a bit of the newspaper has this effect of keeping the light off the potato, mm-hmm. but also controlling the humidity, right? Not mm-hmm. too dry. You know, it just it does this weird sort of thing where it keeps the humidity right. just right, like a like a cigar humidor, sort of just just right, whatever that is. Um, so uh, yeah, and it's you know newspaper's cheap, so it's easy to get a hold of. Right. Uh, store them in a cool, dry, dark place. If you've got a drive-in garage that's connected to your house that's not heated or it's around zero, our, our garage, the heat's on zero because you can't put it any lower. Um, it seems to stay around four all winter long. It's perfect. It's a perfect cold room for potatoes. Hmm. And put aside your, you know, if you had a, vari- uh, a crop or whatever that, that did well, put aside your biggest and best potatoes for next year, right? Put them hmm. in their own special box that's a box that's going to close up to the in a way that no light's going to get in, right? Put that in the coolest part of your cold room. Not too cold, but you don't want them near warmth because the last thing you want with potatoes that you've put aside to be seed potatoes is to open up the box uh, in May and each potato has an eye a foot long growing out of it. Right. And I had some of mine this year with like that and they, I mean, you can plant them and you'll get potatoes out of them, but they don't do... They aren't nearly as productive as potatoes that have little short stubby eyes. You know, when you take them, when you take your seed potatoes out of the box in May, they should have just little nubs on them, hmm. little short stubby nubs. They shouldn't have long, foot long, six inch long or whatever eyes. That's, it's just taxed, it's taxed the potato and used up a good deal of the energy in the potato and you're just not going to get the yield hmm. that you want. You'll still get a yield. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it was the end of the world and that's all you had, that's that's what you got. Yeah. Uh, but you don't get as good a yield. You don't. Yeah. So you got to figure out a way to keep them not getting too hot, but not getting too cold, and no light, and just the right humidity, mm-hmm. and they should be fine. And I found that, yeah, putting them up like like sealing them in really good and something that breathes a bit. With newspaper, I've tried different things. Last year, I tried. So last year, I thought I'm going to mimic them being underground. So I put them in boxes, and in the box, I put sand, and then I put a whole tier of potatoes, and then I covered that with sand until there was like an inch of sand over that tier of potatoes, and I put another tier of potatoes in. Mm-hmm. So I had all these potatoes. Every single potato had sand around it, and then I covered the whole thing with a couple inches of sand. Yeah. The box weighed like 300 pounds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I closed it up and put it away. And I thought, that's going to work. 
And when I opened it up, every potato had an eye a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, so this year I'm going to yeah. try the, the paper uh, approach. And I think the sand must have let in too much light or uh, I really don't know. Uh, or got too warm or mm-hmm. it couldn't have been too cold because they're going to grow eyes to find looking for light. So must have gotten too, you know, once it gets a certain temperature, the potato starts looking for light or once, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not quite sure how the process works, but if anyone's got some great tips for yeah. How to put seed potatoes away in such a way that they don't grow eyes? I'd love to hear. Mm. I'm still at the experimenting stage. I've never really achieved ideal stored potatoes. I I save my potato every year and I plant them, but I always seem to have these outrageous eyes, and I haven't really mastered the secret. It might just be that I don't have a cold enough place to put them. Maybe yeah. my eyes isn't cold enough. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But even even then, I seem to still get pretty good crops because I'm putting aside my biggest and best. Uh, okay, strawberries. Um, and this is something a lot of, uh, you're not going to get from a lot of different sources, but this works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in early fall, now, you'll notice that a lot of your strawberries have put out runners. They'll send out this funny-looking stem from the main stem. And it'll go about a foot and a half or 16 inches from the main plant and try to set down a new plant. Right. It's like a stringer. Mm. It sends out these, it's like an arm that goes out and it goes out in an arc and then it sets back down and strawberry tries to grow there. And then another one might come from that and try to go somewhere else. So that's Mm. your strawberry trying to propagate itself. Mm. And you can just let it go where it wants. But I tend to see where they are and I'm, there's a once it sets down that that runner to where it wants to grow, it takes a few days to a week for roots to go down from that little mm. uh, nodule into the ground. So you've got a bit of time where you can move it to where you want it to be. Yeah. So you can move it so that's still attached to the plant. That's ideal. Um, so if you want all your strawberries growing in a row, you just you just move the runners so they're in line with that row. Mm-hmm. Because the plants you have now are going to be dead in X number of years, right? Strawberry plants only live about five years. And they're only really productive for about three or four, and then they start to really degrade and and have lower and lower yields. Um, So I just try to move the runners in line with where I have them so everything's where I want it. But, you know, maybe I'm a little bit too... Um, you know, retentive with that sort of thing. I just, I like everything having its own place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably just as productive to have a total hippie garden and let it take care of itself. Yeah, yeah. But, so that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is if you've got runners in a garden, and let's say the plants are only a year old, so they don't need competition in that soil, uh, you can cut the runner off at the base of the main plant, pick that whole new one up, and Especially if you've got a runner that's set out a new plant and that plant has started to root, okay? So mm-hmm. it's got roots on it. And you cut the runner off at the main plant. You pick the whole thing up, gentle, don't try to wreck the roots. And you can plant that runner where you want your strawberries to be. And if you do it, you bury the whole runner stem and you make sure you get that root part in the soil, right? Yeah. And water it. And just move them all to where you want them. I did that with my – so my my first year when I had my strawberries, I took all runners 
cut them off and moved them and made a whole nother bed. So I doubled my strawberry um, garden area by moving runners. Mm. And they're all doing fine now. Um, but once you've done all of that, you let them go until around um, November. And you'll notice in November, I mean, this depends on the variety you've got. I've got every bearing. So there's uh, actually my strawberries are still producing right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm like still making jam and picking strawberries now. Right? I just mm-hmm. ate a couple uh, a few hours ago. Um, but once the leaves start to die and the plant's starting to give up for the season, um, once it's evident that it's not growing anymore because the leaves are just losing their color and, you know, yeah. they're finished, yeah. take that whole bed and cover it with hay. The whole thing, just cover mm-hmm. it. And I mean like six inches at least, mm-hmm. maybe more, right? Cover it with hay. Just cover it until you can't see anything anymore and leave it. And next spring, um, the really, really weak strawberry plants won't be able to push through that. Mm-hmm which is fine because you don't want them anymore. Mm-hmm. And the strong, viable young ones, vital ones of the vitality, they will be able to push through that. So only the plants that have got, you know, really good root systems that are really going to be productive are going to come through and they're going to get all the nutrients in the soil. Mm-hmm. And because you put down all that hay, it's a mulch. So it's going to mm-hmm. be feeding your soil, making an environment that the, the uh, organisms in there like. So it's a yeah. really simple – people always talk about gardening. Oh, it's uh, uh, strawberries. Oh, it's such a, a chore to have to thin them out and do this, that, and the other thing. You don't have to do that. You just put a heavy mulch over the whole bed and just let God sort them out. Sort of. mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I mean the ones that are, the ones that are finished, they're not going to be able to deal with that. They're just going to die and that's fine because you, you want them gone anyway. Mm-hmm. You want, and they're going to become fertilizer. So Nice. You just want the ones that are young and, and vibrant. You want them in your garden. Um, Survival of the fittest. Circle of life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's a great, uh, a nice, simple, a really simple way to deal with your strawberries. And it makes um, growing strawberries uh, so much more uh, fun because you don't really do anything. I mean, all mm-hmm. you do is in November you cover them with uh, mm-hmm. Hay. Hay and seaweed would probably be even better for those people that have oh, seaweed. Yeah, yeah. Nutrients in that. But you just cover them with something. Just blot out the sun. And and then next next June, July, just watch them grow and eat them, right? Hmm. The only work I have to do every year is just covering them. It takes no time at all. Hmm. Just wheelbarrow a couple wheelbarrowfuls of some kind of mulch. I usually use hay, um, but there's lots of options. Um, Mm. I just use hay because I have an easy access to it. Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, your greens, um, they many of them are at their best this time of year. So just keep picking them. <laughs> you yeah. know, keep picking them. And you know, they, they do slow down a little bit, but, I mean, they're still growing. Mine, mine look great, and a lot of the pests that have been uh, torturing them are starting to slow down because it's getting a bit cold for them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so that's great. So just keep enjoying until they're gone. And leave, you know, if you've got kale or any of those biennial greens, if you had one or two that you noticed were exceptional, mm-hmm. right? they're exceptionally big, they're exceptionally pest resistant, put a little ribbon or something around them and leave them alone. Right now, stop stop bugging them, stop picking them. Just yeah. leave um, Let them just grow and gather energy and uh, 
I say put a ribbon around them or put some sort of stake with a ribbon so you don't dig them up. Mm-hmm. Right? Leave them in the ground so they can go to seed next year because if they did really well in your soil conditions, then you want their seeds. Mm. Right? And next year you'll have like a three, four foot high yeah. <laughs> bizarre yeah. looking plant in your garden. Yeah. Uh, really early in the season, in fact, with all these flowers that draws in pollinators and stuff. Um, and you'll have, you know, free seeds forever. And I, I, yeah. I only harvested, I put a whole bunch of those, uh, my kale seeds aside and I filled an entire pill bottle with kale seeds. Took about 20 minutes of my time. Hmm. Uh, you know, all I did was, uh, I put the, the stock with all those kale pods in a garbage bag hmm. and I just shook it around and sort of beat on it and slapped it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and the bag was, you know, full. Of, a lot of the pods broke open in their seeds, and then I poured that into a, uh, a a bowl, and the bowl was full of pods, husks, mm-hmm. and seeds. And then I went outside, and I had another bowl, and you just pour the one bowl into the other bowl with a bit of a breeze in the air, right? Right. And that's called winnowing, right? That's the way they used to break up um, the wheat from the chaff. So you, you pour the one, you know, you hold the one bowl about two or three feet above the other bowl, mm-hmm. pour the one into the other, and the seeds, because they're dense, they fall straight down, and all that rubbish, the husks and stuff, it blows away. Yeah. And you do that a few times, and before you know it, you've just got, you just have seeds, because it's the densest thing. Mm. Uh, so it only takes a minute, or, you know, it takes about a minute of just pouring one into the other, and before you, I mean, you're going to lose the odd seed, right. but if you've got like... 3,000 seeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares if you lose 20? Yeah, right? it doesn't really matter. So it's a really simple way of, of getting that. Because when you're first looking, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to take forever. How do I get the seeds out of all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's not that complicated, really. It's just got to think about it like um, think outside the box, right? Yeah. Or think outside the century. How did people do this stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Right? Um, pretty low tech, just a couple bowls and a bit of wind. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, yeah, this is something I don't think people do or some people don't do at the end of the season, whenever you're done, you know, working with your tools, um, you know, clean them up, just Mm. take a minute. Uh, It's actually, I don't know why, but I enjoy it. I enjoy, uh, I'll take like an afternoon and I'll just be in my garage and I'll take all my tools and I'll take a wire brush to them and, or sandpaper and I'll clean them up, get all the rust off. And if they have an edge, I'll sharpen the edges and then I'll oil everything and uh, put them all away. And then they're so there's again that chore isn't staring me in the face. You know, when when spring comes around, my tools are all ready. They're clean. They're oiled. They're sharp. They're ready to go. Mm. You know, I don't have to think about that stuff. I can right. think about what you should be thinking about in spring. What mm. am I going to plant? Where should it go? How do I get it to? You know, how do I nurture it to to strength, to health, to vitality? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. That's about it. And, you know, start dreaming about next season. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's all kinds of things that went wrong this year. You didn't do right or or whatever. Or you, or you got some new ideas. Maybe you want to um, have a wood chip garden or you want to start doing some of this permaculture stuff or whatever. You know, start thinking about that. Just jot down things. Uh, but don't think too much. Take You know, it's good to take a... Uh, right. A mental break, and you know, at some point, 
around the end of December, I forget about my garden. I just right. I do other things until some uh, at some point in March I start I start getting you know mm-hmm. this weird itch. Uh, yeah, <laughs> start one start listening to gardening podcasts and yeah. watch gardening stuff on YouTube, and I start devouring gardening information because I'm I'm starting to think about okay. It's, you know, it's April's right around the corner. Yeah. What am I going to do this year, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Another good show in the books. And uh, we're winding down. And hopefully um, if you tune into this one, you'll catch the next one. We'll, we'll kind of be explaining uh, the direction we're headed and where we're coming from with the show and all that good stuff. So be sure yeah, to tune right. in. Yeah, be sure to tune in for that. As always, show notes can be found for this one at maritimegardening.com slash 022. And uh, we thank you for listening. Oh, and I mentioned yeah. the show notes. Um, the show notes are, I don't know how many people read them. Uh, I write right. them. <laughs> yeah, Greg writes them. <laughs> but the uh, reason you might want to read them is that I, I tend to, you know, what I do is I listen to the show. I don't write them before we record. We record this just we have a few we jot right. down topics and things we're going to talk about then we just do it yeah. and then i listen to the show and i then i do the show notes so mm-hmm. i you know i i the show notes are an organized summary summary of what was discussed but i'll also notice things i missed or things i did forgot to mention or details you know mm-hmm. so i'll mm-hmm. add things that i'll i'll I put in the things that I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg critiques his own recording. He's the first listener. And right. then I don't at, mention the mistakes in the show notes. And then sprinkles <laughs> it with bits of gold. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just like, oh, I should have said this or I should have yeah. said that. Or, so I try to, you know, it, in a certain way, it's a very, you know, a, a much more uh, thorough or methodical, I mean, less content because I'm, I try to keep it to two pages. Or less. Yeah, no, it's it's very good. They're very they're, focused. They're brief, concise, and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you like the episode, even if you didn't, check out the show notes. Yeah, because there might be more. There's there's thing. It's the main stuff, but there's other things. The things I forgot to mention or should have mentioned or or whatever. Yeah, uh, I'll exactly. tend to be a bit more because I'm writing. Yeah, I want it to be good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the time right. to sit down and word it just right. Right, right, right. Uh, So, yes, read the show notes. (laughs) Because Greg puts in the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's good. Good advice for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Or, you know, maybe you don't have time or, you know, the ability to listen to the show at a particular time, but you can bring up the show notes. You could print them off. Yeah, you can read them in your office. Yeah, day. it's mobile friendly. <laughs> I'll tab in and out of that thing. Exactly. You should be working. You can be reading the show notes. So. Exactly. <laughs> Do not miss it. Awesome. On your break. On your break, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, excellent. All right. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye.